Second Peter chapter 1 and verses 5, 6, and 7. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. An off-duty police officer who is familiar with all the, you know, the radar guns and the school zones, he drove up to a school zone that had the legal speed limit posted and it said warning, camera zone, rules enforced. And so he was driving in the school zone making sure he was going the right speed limit. And the camera went and took a picture of him like, so, you know, takes a picture of your license plate. Ask me how I know. So... The officer thinking the radar, not in a school zone, but one of those red light cameras. The officer thinking the radar was in error, drove by again, but he was even more slow this time. And another flash, the camera went off. So the third time he went through, and this time even slower, like crawling at five miles an hour. Same result. And so the guy's like, this guy must have messed up the settings. So a few weeks later, he received violations in the mail and he discovered three traffic tickets each for not wearing a seat belt (laughs) temperance what's temperance anyway temperance is self-control and i like what i read somewhere someone wrote it's the ability to say no to yourself in order to say yes to something else it's the big picture says in 1 Peter, immediately after the verse I read, that if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you be neither barren nor unfruitful. See, God wants us to bear fruit, and temperance is one of the things that will get us to the place where our life bears fruit. And it's interesting because our emotions want to... uh, want to do different things. Our feelings want to do different things. Galatians chapter 5 puts it this way. Verse 17. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. So you've got two opposing forces, right? And these are contrary one to the other, that ye cannot do the things that ye would. So what is temperance? Basically, and we give, a, we give gifts at my house a lot to my daughter. And I know that you might think I'm spoiling her, so I want to give you the same gift that I give to my daughter, and I probably give it to her almost every day. It's called the gift of no. And really, that's what temperance is. It's giving yourself the gift of no. It's self-control. It's restraining your, your uh, appetites. You want to strangle the guy in traffic, but you're like, No, I'm not going to go to jail. It's the gift of no. Temperance is restraint. It's controlling your thoughts, your emotions, your feelings. Have you ever seen someone lose it because they lose their what? Their restraint. Now, it's funny to see a two-year-old do it, but when a 40-year-old does it, it makes YouTube. It goes viral, right? Because they're losing their temperance. But temperance is important. Control is important. I want to put out, first of all, uh, no is not always a bad thing. So restraint is not a bad thing. And so in America, thank God we live in this country. I love my country. The Bill of Rights 
That's not a guy named William that never does anything wrong, okay? But the Bill of Rights is the first 10 amendments to a document we have called the Constitution. And you know, if you read those 10 amendments, do you know what they are? They're a bunch of negatives. No, 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 no. They are. They're limiting the power of the government against our actions. Let me read the first one. Congress shall make no law. Whoa, restraint, right? Respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting what we're doing right now, the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech or the press or the right of the people to assemble and to petition the government for redress of grievances. And last year in 2020, we had a lot of big protests uh, uh, after the, the murder of George Floyd. Well, guess what? Protesting the government peacefully gathering is protected by the first amendment because the constitution tells the government no have you ever heard someone say i plead the fifth you know that's the fifth amendment for the constitution and the fifth amendment said no person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on a presentment or indictment of a grand jury. So it protects you against self-incrimination because the government is limited, restrained. Temperance isn't a bad thing. And it also protects you against double jeopardy, which is not a game show, but it's being tried twice for the same thing. Ten Commandments. Have you ever thought about how negative they are? It's like, it's, it's a bunch of no's. Have you ever read the Ten Commandments? No other gods before me. No idols. No taking the Lord's name in vain. Is God negative or what? No murdering. No adultery. No stealing. No lying. No coveting the wrong things. What is that? Temperance, isn't it? Now, when we limit these behaviors, here's the blessing. The world is a nice place to live. And I've thought about people who don't like God or they don't claim to be Christians, and that's okay. But you know that people, it's ironic, that don't want anything to do with God. They want to live in a neighborhood where Christian behaviors are modeled. Think about it. No stealing. That's nice. No killing. You know, that's, that's nice when you have a neighborhood with no killing. Say, preacher, there's no neighborhoods like that. <laughs> Read the news. <laughs> okay, you, you have those in Jacksonville. Uh, no lying, no cheating with your wife or your husband. Those are nice neighborhoods. When we limit our behaviors, it's a blessing. So it's interesting because the devil, he wants to say, well, wouldn't it be more fun to just do what you want to do? Yeah, well, for a little while. God and the devil do different things. So God wants to kind of make your will submit to him. But he wants to lift your spirit. The devil's the opposite. <laughs> The devil wants to lift your will up and say, do whatever you want to do. But in doing so, it crushes your spirit. If you live in sin, it doesn't yield a harvest of joy, okay? If you say, well, I want to kill and I want to lie and I want to commit adultery and I want to... You know what? You can do it. People do it all over the United States, but it doesn't turn out to be a blessing. Someone said, don't steal. The government hates competition, okay? But when you get into a relationship, and we're in a relationship with God. I happen to be a married person. I'm in a relationship. There are restraining behaviors when you enter into a relationship. So 
When I said I do to my wife, I said I don't. I didn't have time to tell everyone, but I said I don't to every other person on the face of the earth. Why? It's a limiting behavior when you're in a relationship. And when you're in a relationship with God, it also requires restraining behaviors. And you find out about those. So in, in uh, 1 Peter, it talks about adding to your faith. You come to God by trusting him. And then God puts this all this uh, virtue in our life and adds these things to our life. And then we add the knowledge of God, whether you read it, hear it in a Bible study, hear it on the radio, and you hear the word of God. And you're like, whoa. After you hear the word of God, you're like, whoa. I guess I, I, I shouldn't be doing that anymore. And when the word of God comes and that restraint comes in our life and you're like, you know what? I need to change some things. Uh, and it's, it's easier said than done. I remember when I was in Marine Corps boot camp, we had a big sandbox and we didn't play with like Tonka trucks in there, but it was a discipline. They, they would exercise us in there, make us do push-ups and and flutter kicks and leg lifts and everything else and you know get all dirty and sandy and uh they gave us a little demonstration of a sand pit and then they took us out and like basically if you misbehave this is where you're going so one of the things you weren't supposed to do we'd get in these things called formations everyone had to stand really still which is not too hard except they have sand fleas in paris island now these are little fleas they don't hurt they itch I don't know if it's kind of like a mosquito, but they get in your, like your, your sweatband of your hat and they'll go under there and just kind of itch and itch and itch and itch. And you're not allowed to touch them. You just have to let them eat at the buffet, right? And I didn't think that the drill instructor could see me. So this was, you know, we were told the, the penalties of moving in formation. And I remember I was the guy that went, I just thought, man, I just... I, put my hand up and killed that little thing. They're easy to kill. And I heard this voice. Oh, no. You know where we're going. So evidently, they didn't know everybody's name, thankfully, right? But they saw the little hand move, and it was me. I never told anyone that I was the one that got us sent to the sandpit the very first time. Why? I didn't have temperance. I wanted to kill that thing and commit murder. They call it committing murder instead of letting him eat my face, right? But the first thing about temperance that I'd like to share is it is a blessing. God doesn't add things to your life that aren't a blessing. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us. That's what God does. With all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And then the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 2, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world. You just lived any way you wanted to live. In verse 3 it says, among whom also we had our conversation, the way we lived in times past in the lusts of our flesh. If we felt we wanted to do it, we just did it. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we're by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But then it talks about God bringing us in. And notice a lot of these things are behaviors that when we come to God, we just don't do anything we feel like it anymore. We find out, wait, there's a right and there's a wrong. And that God expects us to follow his lead and his word. So a preacher, how do you do that? When you come to God... Temperance is needed because we have desires, right? Like me, I don't desire a cookie. I desire 
cookies. I mean, if I eat one cookie, it's almost a letdown, right? Because I'm like looking for the next one halfway through, okay? I don't want to eat something small, you know, like, oh, can I just have a little piece of cupcake? No, I want 12 cupcakes, okay? Most of us, we have desires, right? So I want to play a video game. Let's, let's do it for two minutes, right? No, most of us don't do that. It's like, ah, oh, let's watch this YouTube video for 37 seconds. No, try like 37 minutes or two hours or whatever. We are desires like to just, we go big, right? You ever, you ever have that in McDonald's? Like, hey, would you like to, what is it? Go, no, it's Biggie drinks or Wendy's, right? Go big, what's go big? Go large, is it go large? Would you like to go large? Would you like to supersize it? That's McDonald's, right? But they, they say, and most of us, I don't even have to think about it. I'm like, yes, is that even a question? I mean, yes, I want a five gallon jug of soda because I'm gonna drink it before I get home, right? We have desires. So, preacher, those desires get out of control. Well, what's the thing? Well, first of all, we put our desires first to God. And, and that's really one of the keys in temperance is, first of all, putting your main desire to God. It says in Mark chapter 12 and verse 30, they said, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. That's where it comes. Just to, God, I want to serve you first. And with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength, this is the first commandment. If you put God first, it solves a lot of things. Why? Because it makes God, because temperance takes, it takes some strength, right? To restrain these appetites. Well, if God is your strength, that makes a difference. The Bible says in Matthew chapter six and verse 33, seek ye first, first the kingdom of God. So not only is it all your heart, but it's a priority. God first and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. I, I'm a full-time minister, and it's, uh, so preacher, you just get a paycheck? Nope. The work of God gets paid for, and if certain criteria are met, which means there's five to $10,000 in our general fund, and all the bills are met, then preachers can take up to 60% of the tithe and Sunday morning offering, not the Thursday or the Sunday night. So what is that? God is first. God gets taken care of first. But you know what? I found out that when you put God first, God takes care of you. It says, if you seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things shall be added unto you. I remember I was working to quit soda. Ah, it's nothing wrong with soda, okay? This was years ago, right? Because I loved it. And I still do. I like soda. Coke, especially. And it was hard! And I found out I could quit it for like a day. And then I would, I would like get dry mouth and I would like, you know, just like a headache. And I don't know if it was caffeine withdrawals. Or it was psychological, let me tell you. And I was like, man, I went to pray about it. I did. I said, God, I realized it was my desire. I wanted that soda. Now, there's nothing biblically wrong with soda. I'm just giving you a personal illustration. And so I remember I told, I said, I prayed. I said, God, take it out of my heart. I mean, I could not. Stop. I mean, I was on the train. I was in the, the 44 ounce train, little wimpy 32 ounce cups. I mean, who wants those? The 44 ounce cups, right? I was ready. In fact, my drill instructor, and when I was in boot camp, he talked about drinking a cold 40. And I thought, mmm, a 40 ounce Dr. Pepper. And of course, that's not what he was talking about. They don't make 40 ounce cups. But I didn't know. I grew up overseas. I thought he was talking about a big soda. But guess what? I like soda. And I, when I prayed I said God take it out of my heart he did now I still enjoy soda but it doesn't control me because God took 
that power of it out of my heart. He took the power of the desire. Why? Because I asked him to. And when it's interesting, there's a blessing. It's a blessing. And, and temperance is a blessing um, because it bleeds from one thing into something else. So if you've done this exercise before, you can draw like a grid on a, on a napkin. And then you put a few drops of soda or water on that grid. Just put it in one box. Guess what? It'll bleed through to the other boxes. You know our life is kind of like a napkin in that regard. There's no like church life and home life, work life, you know, person. It's all the same. It's just life. So if I can control myself in one area of life, if I can control myself in my, say, in my financial life, guess what? It will also help me in my prayer life. It's the same temperance. And I know it's fun to eat dessert first. My daughter did today. She ate dessert first, a couple cookies before. Uh, but if we can hold the cookies till the end, hold the reward business, you know, before pleasure, then it will help us in other things in our life. Temperance is a blessing. It'll bleed through all to a blessing for our life. And second thing, it's a strength. So it's not just a blessing from God, but the actual word for temperance is from a Greek word meaning strong in a thing. Why? Because it takes strength to not do things. <laughs> the gift of no is one thing to say. You know, when you're a child and your dad's like, no, it's 10 o'clock, you're going to bed. You're like, oh, not fair. But you realize he's trying to help you to wake up the next day because you got school. And I know because I have gone uh, into the late night and then had to get up with like one hour of sleep and your stomach's upside down and you realize, I think I should have gone to bed earlier. Why? Because I didn't exercise temperance, right? But temperance is a strength. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 32 said, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, better than Samson, right? He that is slow to anger, he that is chill, he that chilleth, right? And he that ruleth his spirit, better than Arnold Schwarzenegger, better than he that taketh a city. So God shows incredible uh, blessing and strength attributed to us controlling our attitudes. Even James said in chapter 1, verse 19, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and a long fuse, right? Slow to wrath. I worked with a guy, and um, he said his partner's, his partner's name was Pete. So one guy, Brandon, was a big, tall guy, and the other guy was kind of short, shorter. Sorry, Pete, if you're listening to this, but, I mean, one guy was like 6'8", and the other guy was just normal size, so... And he called, Brandon called him Pistol Pete. And I was like, huh, why do you call him Pistol Pete? He said, because he's always going off. And I guess Pistol Pete, Pete had a short temper, right? And so he was always going off. Well, we need to be slow to speak and slow to get angry. Not saying that it doesn't happen, but control is a big thing. That's why kids wear diapers, right? No control. Well, guess what? Some adults wear diapers, right? I mean, I know older adults do, but you know, some middle-aged people have diarrhea of the mouth, okay? They just have to let it go. We should just, you know, it'd be nice to just get a diaper and just stick it right on them. You know, if you see someone just going off and just letting it loose, just like, here you go, 
I mean, it's all, it all kind of looks like a mask, right? You just kind of put it on them and just say, you're safe from COVID too. We're just helping you out, right? No, don't do that. But you see, these verses of Scripture say that there's a strength. Because I really believe what happens to us, because we can't control our circumstances. Why do you get mad? Why do you get hangry, right? We actually get angry when we're hungry. It's two words, hungry and angry, right? But what happens to us is not as important as what happens in us. See, that's what God wants us to do. Even though we're hungry or even though we're tired, say, I just got to keep it together. Why? Because God gave me the strength of temperance. The Bible said it's an actual fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness. You know what the last fruit mentioned in the book of Galatians of the fruit of the Spirit is? Temperance. Self-control. God made sure it was in there, right? The Bible says uh, that when Paul was persecuted by something. He had something going on. He prayed and God said, hey, my grace is sufficient for thee. And then Paul said, you know what? I changed my mind. I'd rather go through something and have Christ's power resting on me. See, Paul knew he needed a strength greater than himself. And he's like, if I got to go through something, I want Jesus all over me. And that's what Paul said. And then he said, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, reproaches, necessities, persecutions. Boy, I'm not saying that I do. I'm saying that's what Paul said. (laughs) In distresses for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, he said, then am I strong. Whose strength? Not ours. See, temperance isn't your strength. It's God's strength for a Christian. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe? God's power, according to the working of his mighty power. I was listening to this podcast, this preacher in Detroit some years ago. He started a church in a former triple X theater, okay? So a former uh, dirty movie theater. And someone kind of questioned that move. It's like, you... You have in church in a triple X theater, a former, former triple X theater, abandoned or whatever. And the preacher said, yep. He said, we're still triple X. He said, ex-junkies, ex-alcoholics, ex-prostitutes that have been saved by the power of God. You know that those are all behaviors. A junkie isn't someone who eats Twinkies, okay? That means something else. That's someone who's a drug abuser, okay? Alcoholics, is a, it's a behavior, and so is prostitution. It's a behavior, but they're no longer that anymore. And he said, you know what? It's that kind of that theme is still running, except it's changed. We're different. And when we're, we become affected by God, remember that demoniac that was naked and cutting himself? And as soon as Jesus came, he had temperance, didn't he? He was sitting. He was clothed. I remember when my daughter was younger. She's like three or something. And we opened the door and she just ran out in her underwear. And she was just outside running around. Kids don't understand, right? They just like, you leave the door open. They're like the dog. They get out, right? They just, and clothing is optional, right? It's like the Garden of Eden replay or something like that. But we had to usher her back in. Now, she was much, she was a kid, a little baby kid. But, but, uh, Sitting, clothed, and the Bible said he was in his right mind. He was controlled when Christ came in. And said, well, preacher, what do you need to do? The thing we need to do is claim it. When we come to that place where we need strength, it's a blessing of God. So the thing we need to do is claim it. 
there's an illustration I heard about Franklin Graham. So that's the son of Billy Graham. So he had committed his life to Christ, but he was surprised to, I, I read this illustration many years ago, but it fits for temperance. But his taste for cigarettes was as strong as ever. And so he determined to quit smoking, and then, you know, three days later came back to it. So finally he shared his struggle with a friend, Roy Gustafson. And he said, Roy, I quit smoking, but I don't think I can hold out. I just don't think I have the power to say no any longer. And then Roy said, oh, you don't, huh? Why don't you just get down on your knees and tell God he's a liar? And of course, you know, that's kind of inflammatory. So he said, what? I can't do that. And so Roy, his friend, quoted 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. And that's, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you. That means not allow you to be tempted above that ye are able. But will with the temptation make a way of escape, that ye may be able to bear it. So... uh. Franklin Graham said, wait, I can't do that. And so after quoting, he said, you need to tell God he's a liar. You claimed that verse and it didn't work. And Franklin Graham said, I'm not going to call God a liar. He said, besides, I haven't claimed that verse yet. (laughs) So he said, you haven't? And he said, "Uh, why don't you then? So he did. He went back and returned to his room. And he said, Lord, I've been wanting a cigarette all day. I don't want to smoke again, but I... Don't know if I can make it through this day. Will you take this overpowering desire from me? That's interesting. That's kind of what I prayed when I was working with soda. And so cigarettes aren't against, you're not going to go to hell smoking a cigarette. But he just wanted to change his life, right? The body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And it said, according to this illustration, only once did he slip. And he lit up on a plane back when you could, I guess. You know, This is an old illustration. And... Uh, but he didn't get that usual feeling. So he's like, it tasted gross. And he just kind of wadded everything up and put it there. Well, we, when we face things, and I shared that, we can claim the power of the Holy Ghost. That is the power that God gives you. That's why the outpouring of the Holy Ghost happened on Pentecost. That's why Paul said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? He knew the power in the church was not going to be us like reciting things. I can do it. I can do it. No, no. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. So the, the people said, I haven't even heard if there was any Holy Ghost. And so uh, he uh, laid his hands on these men. There were 12 of them. And the Holy Ghost came upon them. The power of God came upon them. And the Bible said they began to speak in other tongues and they began to prophesy. And that's Acts chapter 19, verse 1 to 7. And the Bible says the power was there. Now, I, I, to leave you with this, but I, I've shared it before, but, uh, you know, men, we actually measure our waist every day. No, you don't. Yes, you do. Have you ever bought a pair of pants? You know what the measurement is when you buy a pair of pants? It's your waist. So if you have 34s, you're measuring your waist. If it don't fit, <laughs> that means you're growing. Right, So I was growing out of my measuring tape some years ago, and I was going to get a couple sizes up, and I was about to buy it, and as I pulled them out, I looked at it and I said, you know what? No, I'm not just going to grow with it. If I buy these pants, I'm quitting. 
And so I remember shoving him back in there and said, I'm just going to lose some weight. Why? Because I said, preacher, was it? What was it? Whether it was metabolism or hand-to-mouth disease, and that's probably what it was. Because I like cookies. Really, I like soda, cookies, junk food, like a tray of cookies. I'll eat 12 of them. I used to, right? And so I was like, no! And that was like 12 years ago. And uh, it didn't happen overnight. But I started having to say no to things and have to cut this down and cut this down. I had high cholesterol. I had to cut that down, cut that down. So what happened? By the grace of God, and this is like 10 or 15 years ago, I'm still wearing the same measuring tape. Okay, I'm still wearing the same size as 12 years ago because I said no. To whom? Me. I said no to me. And you know that I'm thankful. And, you know, I know different people. People say, oh, you have a fast metabolism preacher. No, I don't. I used to. But it stopped, and that's why I had to get a bigger, I was going to buy a bigger measuring tape to wear, bigger pair of pants. But I began to change myself and say no, and I had to change, you know, all the things that I was eating and drinking and different things. Why? Because I wanted to have the result. What? I'm also cheap. I didn't want to buy a bunch of new clothes, but uh, I wanted to see the power of God work in my life. And with temperance, if you find something that God wants you to do, You can claim it and say, God, give me the power to say no. And guess what? God will give you the blessing. God will give you the strength. And God will give you the testimony to others. They will see your life. Say, wow, that person's got some control. And you know what? God will give us grace to accomplish. His grace is sufficient for us. Give all diligence. Tell yourself no. Be a blessing to yourself in the long run. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's dismiss in prayer. Uh, Reverend Patterson, would you dismiss us?